Chance Time. Hello and welcome to Chance Time, a generic video game podcast where we talk about video games. I'm Curtis Lowe and I am joined by Paul Bills. Hello, I'm Paul Bills. <laughs> Ryan Speakman. Hello, I'm Ryan Speakman. Cool. And a special guest, James Criddle. Hi, I'm James Criddle. Whoa. Whoa. How did he know to do it? <laughs> James, I hear the Kings are going to the playoffs. They are. Let's go into a deep dive. That is what this podcast is about. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I only know of the. What's the guy's Sabonis? Is that his, his name? Yeah. And uh, Aaron, Darren Fox. De'Aaron Fox. He used to have cool hair. It looked like Goku, but he shaved it. Oh, why would he do that? Yeah, I know. It's too for bad. the playoffs. He did it for the playoffs. Less hair equals more him down. aerodynamicism. <laughs> great, great work. Thank you. Yes. I made it up. Aerodynamically designed. <laughs> well, I'm glad the Kings are going to the playoffs because the Jazz are probably not going to go to the playoffs. <laughs> That's okay. We re- we're rebuilding. Yeah, I won't mention that 50-point loss they had tonight. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> we're talking about the Sacramento Kings. Um, how's everyone doing? I'm great. That's good. I'm glad. Can I ask everyone a question? Absolutely. Is it about sports? It's about Gatorade, so yes. Oh, nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Why did they make it Glacier Cherry? Is it because the, the, so the, the flavor Glacier Cherry is white colored, as you can see on my video? Mm hmm. Why did they decide to do that? What's your guys' theories? Why did they just given my cherries? Have I given my sports drink rant on this podcast before? <laughs> I don't think you have. No. Okay. So Glacier Cherry is actually an exception to the rule, but tons of sports drinks are named like abstract concepts that aren't actually flavors. Like like Mountain Blast or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, true. and like, I, I had this like revelation one day. I was like, there's no real way to describe this flavor. Like, the only way it can be described is with the fake marketing name they <laughs> gave it because it's not real. <laughs> there's nothing that tastes like this but this. So, like, they just give it whatever random title they want, and then, like, you have to use it because there's no other way to describe it because the flavor is nothing. <laughs> the flavor is blue. <laughs> yeah, That's the only so way like, I can think of to describe it. Yeah, because it's like, I feel like an idiot that I can't describe this flavor. Like, I don't What's know what one? fruit, fruit punch. supposed to be. That one's fruit punch. <laughs> what about the blue one? It's blue. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So Glacier Cherry is actually better because it's like at least cherry is like a real flavor that people could try to identify. Yeah, but, but Glacier... It, it, like the thought process on this one seems to me to be 
we want cherry, but we already have red. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was, because yeah, they had the red ones, fruit punch, huh? Yeah. So they're like, is it just, part of their life. frost line? It is not. <laughs> well, it's not because they have like say frost on it anywhere. But what is the frost one? Is that frost lemonade? No, there's glacier is freeze is one of them. Oh yeah, that's right. What are the? I don't forget the other See, ones. That's a good example. Glacier freeze. But like, what is that one. flavor? Yeah. <laughs> what are those called? I think they should just tell us what it really is and say. Blue chemicals is the blue flavor. <laughs> blue fifteen. Blue 15. Oh, Glacier cherry is part of the frost okay. lineup they have. How how do I know <laughs> what the frost like lineup is? The frosty colors. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Enter there's the, the white one, and there's kind of like a light blue that's kind of icy looking, and then another one that's like that, but kind of a greenish tint to it. Okay, That's so now it. my question is, what's the point of the frost line? Like, why <laughs> does that exist as a, as a suite of products from Gatorade? He's so cool. He's just cool. <laughs> so cool. That's the only thing you can think of. It keeps you cool. It's so cool. Yeah, it's a beverage. It's supposed to cool you down. So, yeah. yeah. James, I hope you know that there's a large percentage of this podcast dedicated to talking about drinks. Yeah. I encourage it. Good. <laughs> Drink, drinks did, did and you, snacks. James, did you try the Game Fuel Mountain Dew? Uh, which one? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I tried the cherry one. It tastes like a sweet tart. I think that's the better one. Okay, what's the other one? It's purple. Mystic Punch. It's purple. Oh, Mystic it's, Punch. It's a fruit punch Mountain Dew. It was all... It tastes exactly like Fruit Punch Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah, not my thing. Yeah, so if you don't like Fruit Punch, you probably wouldn't like it. <clears throat> Citrus Cherry is good, though. I'm part yeah, of the problem like when I saw it at Macy's at the grocery store, and it was like, buy two, get two free, and the stack was so tiny, uh, I definitely took four. <laughs> <laughs> I took like half the Mountain Dew that was there. <laughs> And there's this other guy there grabbing it. I'm like, it's two for two, man. He's like, oh, I'm just going to grab one. I'm like, all right. Kind of didn't agree with his decision, but it's fine. And then as I was going to the checkout, I saw him going back for more. I was like, good call, man. <laughs> I get it. While it's there, it's going to be gone again. Have you guys seen that office where like Ryan and Michael are cleaning out Michael's car? And Ryan's like, Hey, uh, there's this Gatorade. It's blue. He, and Michael's like, blue's not a flavor. He's like, it's blue blast. Oh, blue blast. Yeah, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Thank I you don't guys know if waiting. they're going to. Oh, do you want to hear the latest Mountain Dew flavor news? I'd love to. Apparently, the holiday flavor has been canceled, according wow. to the Mountain Dew Wiki. Wiki. Man, I'm so be, excited! It's gonna be Cobra Cane. It was a berry and candy cane flavor. It's <laughs> gonna sound good. So maybe this is okay that it yeah it says canceled. It's currently canceled. A minty berry. 
Yeah, I don't know about that one. Should we start a recurring segment on this podcast that's random article from the Mountain Dew Wiki we just <laughs> read and discuss every time? I would love that, honestly. Yeah. That can be our, our December-themed episodes. It's a segment I was just for December. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to trying whatever weird flavor they're going to come out with, and I would have bought a bottle of this. You always have to. Why do you, why do you think they canceled it? Did it I don't not know. test well? It, it says that it was canceled for unknown reasons with citrus cherry and game fuel, the Mystic Punch, released in its place. So maybe the game fuel is going to stick around for a little longer. I don't know. Game fuel. It's too powerful. Berry mixed with candy cane sounds like an awful combo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound good. But I mean, uh, they've got like, a picture yeah. of the the packaging and everything, so it looks like it was legit. I don't know. All right, but is it is it Very worse strange. than the hot Cheeto one? I don't know. Oh, that one is. I physically <laughs> couldn't drink that one. <laughs> so, what is the closest Mountain Dew that is berry flavored? Would you say? Uh, I think it's the blue one. <laughs> Speaking right. of blue. That's oh, a called voltage. I think that one's actually like berry flavored Mountain Dew. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to soak a candy cane in a bottle of <laughs> blue voltage. And we're going to try Cobra Cane, the first people to try it. And review it. But it's our own homemade version. And... But it'll be the only review on any podcast anywhere. So people have to come listen to us. <laughs> exactly. Exclusive review of Cobra Kane. <laughs> <laughs> I did just learn. I just Googled Mountain Dew berry flavor. We're getting so off track of what we're supposed <laughs> to talk about. Um, <laughs> I got to go to Applebee's. This, there's a dark berry bash. At Applebee's exclusively. Oh my gosh. We have to go to Applebee's for our we review. Gotta go to, I don't even know where <laughs> Applebee's is. Like, I don't remember the last time I've been to an Applebee's. I'll take How one. do you think we'll get it out of the, out of the Applebee's? Is this going to be about do heist? Are we going to rob at Applebee's? I think what we have to do is we order one dark berry Mountain Dew and one candy cane from Applebee's. <laughs> I forgot Applebee's added candy canes to the menu. <laughs> oh man. I thought there was one in Saratoga. Oh, no. Maybe there's not. I kind of want to rob an Applebee's now that we're talking about it. <laughs> it's on the bucket list for sure. <laughs> Applebee's heist sounds so good. Oh man. Well, I think we can all agree. Great preamble. <laughs> Great preamble. Stay <laughs> tuned for our soon. report on the Applebee's heist coming soon. Oh, man. It was exclusive at Sam's Club. There are so many Mountain Dew flavors I don't know about <laughs> that are just exclusive at places I don't go. What is this infinite swirl? It's not out yet. Next year. Okay. June 2024, I'm going to go to 7-Eleven and get an infinite swirl Mountain Dew. All right. Pineapple berry doesn't sound too bad. 
they've announced Mountain Dew flavors six months in advance. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> June 24. It's another blue one. Uh, you think uh, we could get one of the flavor scientists at Mountain Dew onto this podcast for an interview? Oh, man. I hope we can. You think that's a real job title? I hope it is. <laughs> what else would you call him? Mountain Dew Tycoon. Dew flavor scientist <laughs> is good. I just we should make Duke. I Duke am stumbling on That'd so many thing. things. There's a Twitter account called Team Supernova, and they have all these leaks for upcoming Mountain Dew flavors. Leaks? See, they could probably yeah. get us in touch with a Mountain Dew flavor scientist. I am currently looking at the upcoming patriotic flavors for next summer. <laughs> Weird. Fortunately, one of them's Liberty Brew. That one was not okay. It was, it was weird. All right. What are we talking about today? Um, before we get to that, first things first, we need to talk about Mike Struckerberg's first things first. First. Do you feel like you're in a fever dream right now, James? <laughs> I feel like this is what I'd feel like if I uh, took acid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's an okay endorsement, though. Took do, you mean? Uh, yeah, there you go. Cool. Well, uh, Ryan, do you want to go first? I'm just going to call I you. would love to. I, I am <laughs> hard at work searching for the Mountain Dew flavor scientist on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not quite... Oh, so far, Shalaka Opte, the senior manager of product development at PepsiCo, might be our best bet. Oh, it wow. doesn't sound nearly as exciting as Mountain Dew flavor scientist, but that's okay. All it right. is also possible they call them flavor artists, but it's one of those that's two good for one sure. Too. Well, the closest I can find is flavor <clears throat> chemist. Ooh, that's, okay. that's a good one. Man. We'll take that. But I want that job. Just this to... <laughs> person who is a flavor chemist does not work for PepsiCo or Mountain Dew. Uh, <laughs> that'd be quite the job to just come up with flavors of sodas and just, you know, do taste tests with people. Be like, this isn't bad. This is okay. Sounds like do you a think great it's thing. the same people that make the flavor and name it, or is that two separate teams? In my experience in working for a company is that <laughs> one man does 800 things <laughs> and the job title does not reflect any that is of those true. 800 Eddie things that they do. Yeah. I think theoretically it would be two different people. You'd have like, I mean, that sounds like the product development and then the like marketing, but yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I will. I would love to start. Uh, I don't really have much to talk about, honestly. I platinum Spider Man two. Uh, I think it is a great game. I think about one side quest about three or four times a day. 
it really like made an impression on me and i can't believe that it was in this game um wait which what i'll i'll give you a clue since you're just not to spoil anything uh but think of the song seabird okay i know i think about that so often <laughs> um Other than that, I caught up on Vampire Survivors. I know, James, that's your favorite game. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's new content for that coming out tomorrow. It's just such an easy game to pick up. And especially on the Steam Deck because it makes very little noise. So if you have a spouse who is asleep in bed, <laughs> only moving one control stick does not make a lot of noise. So pro gamer tip for everybody. I think that should be a category at the Steam Awards. <laughs> Best partner asleep in bed game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I, I'll pick up Mario Strikers here and there. I, I, I do want to say one thing about that game. A game that I picked up on a whim. They really nailed, like, the personality of Mario characters playing soccer. And I, <laughs> That's I, good to hear. Yeah, I truly enjoy when I, like, score a goal and then I watch the team captain, Daisy getting very frustrated that we scored a goal on them and walking away <laughs> or like Donkey Kong, like doing like break dancing when he makes a goal. <laughs> it just really adds to like the personality of the game, but I don't know. Like I said, the fact that I have no one to play this game with really affects the enjoyment I have of it. The single player is fine for right now, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I... I'm done. <laughs> Paul, you want to go next? Yes, I have two things to report on and one thing to speculate about. Um... I've said before that someday I will finally open League of Legends again, and I will have so many things from uh, Amazon Prime Twitch drops that it'll be a great day. Turns out that day was today. <laughs> and Whoa. I got like, I don't know, like seven new champions, like a bunch of new skins, like... 6,000 RP. Like, Gosh. real, real I quick. Serious. Explain why you got all this stuff. I know, I, I because, have a vague idea about why. You yeah, because they do through through Twitch, there's like stuff you can claim every month. And I've been claiming it every month, even though I don't play League of Legends. 
So it's just been building in my account mm. for I don't know how long years I think. <laughs> um, and so I finally was like, uh, well, the real reason is I started playing Team Fight Tactics again. Uh. Do people even know what that is? I don't remember if you guys even... I don't. Have you ever played it, Curtis? I know you play League of Legends, but... I haven't, no. It's always confused me that it's in, like, right next to... Yeah. The normal Summoner's Rift game mode, and then there's Teamfight Tactics, which feels like just a completely different game. It looks like, anyway. Yeah, oh yeah. It's like... It's like all the pieces but put together in different ways. Um, Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, like, randomly wanted to try it again on a whim, and then it just so happened that, like, last week was a new set for Teamfight Tactics. Mm. Teamfight Tactics is basically... um, it's It's a bunch of the characters from League of Legends, but you, like, put them on a chessboard and then let them fight automatically. And it's all about just finding the best combination of characters to put on the board so that it beats everybody else's characters on the board. Um, and it's a it's a free-for-all eight-player game where you have successive matches against different players and you're buying new characters in between rounds. And there's items you can put on characters. Um... Anyway, lots of things you can do to try to make your team stronger than the other teams. And I tried it when it first came out, really liked it, but then it dropped off and then randomly had the urge to play it again. And like I said, like last week, they changed the set. So they changed like what champions are in there and stuff. And this new set is in my opinion, one of the coolest things League of Legends has ever done, like, period. This new Teamfight Tactics set is all based on music. So, you know, League of Legends has made a bunch of music over the years, and they've made up different, quote-unquote, bands that make this music. And so the set is, like, all the different bands that they've made up over the years using the characters from League of Legends. And so, like, if you get... um characters from the same band on the board there's like a bonus for them being together um mm-hmm. like kda and heartsteel and pentakill and uh true damage you know all these bands they've made up over the years so if you can get multiple of the same band on the board they power each other up <laughs> but the part that's like actually the coolest thing ever is as you make these groups on the board, the actual soundtrack of the game changes to reflect what band you've put together. Mm, that's cool. And it it's like a sliding scale based on the number you have from each group. Um, and then in addition to like the established bands, there's also just like country, jazz, disco, uh, EDM, hyperpop. And so every single character you put on the board changes the music ever so slightly. And as you start to come to like a consistent team, the music reflects that theme. And it's just, 
it feels so cool <laughs> every time. Um, my favorite is the jazz one because the jazz players, the jazz characters in the game actually get powered up by having as many different groups on the board as possible. So, like, you want, like, two jazz, two EDM, two, um, you know, of every different kind that you can get. So you have, like, a whole mix. And then there's this rockin' sax just going over the top of this really weird mix of music. Yeah. And it makes you feel so cool. Um, Who are the and, jazz ones? Uh, Bard. They're all, like, in skins to make them look more like the music they're a part of. Okay. So there's like a uh, a miss sense. there's like a misfortune skin where she's in this like red gown like she's a jazz lounge singer. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then Bard has a saxophone. Um and then Lucian is actually jazz as well. Um hmm. but yeah, so like all the characters are reskinned to like fit the music that they represent um and the sound and actually country is one of my favorites even though i don't super listen to country music but it's more like it's more like the soundtrack to red dead redemption 2 than it is like actual country music it's like western music mm. like western movie soundtrack and all the country characters are like fire themed so like all their skins are like is that all like the high new ones yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like yeah there's this really good like do 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 every time you have country on the board um it's great so it's like i'm playing a music game but i'm also playing this like tactical strategy game at the same time um it's amazing and i'm having so much fun with it so i'm really happy that i just randomly decided to pick up tft right before this set because i would have been sad if i had missed this set um and i'll probably be done with it by the time this set is over i'll be done with it again for a while but i'm having a lot of fun with the experimenting with the music and trying to play the game at the same time that's cool that's cool what is the uh what's the one song that they used in beat saber that was a league of legends song I do not know. It's playing in my head. I don't remember the name of it, though. Yeah. Is it Legends Never Die? No. Is it, is it Pop Stars? Pop Stars? Yeah, Pop is Stars. That How does called? that one go? Sing Pop Stars. I don't know the words. And then does that. And then never keep it down, 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 down. Yeah, that's the one. I'm doing yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the harder levels you have to like, like you yeah, like down, down, alternate. Down, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what. Yeah. It so like. that quote unquote band is called KDA, and that's one of the bands in this set. Got it. Yeah. That's yeah, actually a pretty cool. good band name, honestly. Yeah. Well, and they're like a K-pop group, so yeah. it, like it fits really well. <laughs> That one in the Pentakill for the heavy metal one's good yeah. too. It's a good yeah. name. It's so fun. It's it's really, really well done. And there have been a couple of people who said they're like making music based auto battlers, and I hope they're half as good as this set, because this set will eventually go away. 
How um, often do they change out the sets? I don't know. I think it's like a few months per set. It's like a it's like a season or a battle pass kind of like three or four months, but yeah. I'm not sure. So if it lines up with this actual like League of Legends season, that's so that season's a whole year. Yeah, it's it's more frequent than that. That seems too long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's Team Fight Tactics. I've been doing a lot of that. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is I think I accidentally locked myself out of an easy platinum trophy, and I'm furious about it. Um, my kids have been playing Mighty Pups Save Adventure Bay, <laughs> which nice. is everyone's favorite game. We just watched that movie. The Mighty movie? Yeah, where they get superpowers. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My youngest has gone on a uh, Paw Patrol kick recently. So I actually Great. think Paw Patrol is one of the better franchises actually for kids right now. Like, they don't do a lot of, like, winking at the parents. It's pretty focused on the kids, which I feel like so many franchises now are barely even for the kids. They're, like, trying to be funny to the parents too much, almost. Um... But yeah, my kids freaking love Paw Patrol. Um, but anyway, we have an opportunity right now to create a cartoon called Paw Patrol. <laughs> Paw Patrol and about a father of, troll. Uh, yeah, a father troll. <laughs> troll. And we just kind of we <laughs> don't really we say anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's called Paw Patrol, and there's one dad troll, but he's the father to a bunch of puppies who are also <laughs> superheroes. Or puppies are a thing right now. I don't know why. <laughs> this is good. This will work. Very marketable. The puppies. I don't know about the troll. I don't know how many kids want a troll doll hey, but i mean trolls were a thing so trolls, you never know. Yeah. trolls 3 is coming out i've never seen any of those movies but there's a third one i've seen oh, the commercial they've done like they've done like side stuff there's tons of troll stuff ah. anyway but paw patrol mighty pups save adventure bay there was only a few more pup snacks to find in the whole game to get the final trophies of the platinum so I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to take like half an hour and do it. And I discovered while I was trying to do it that as soon as you have, you found the collectible, you could actually just exit the level and it still like saves that you found the collectibles. So I was like, I'm not going to finish the level. So as soon as I found it, I just quit out. But when I did that, uh, it didn't give me the trophy even though it shows in my save file that I have oh, no. all the all the collectibles. So I was like, oh, okay, so I guess I'll just finish the next level. So the next level, I actually finished to make sure the trophy popped. And when I finished that level, I got several trophies all at once, which included the the trophy for finding all the collectibles in the level, and then the trophy for finding all collectibles. And then um there's a trophy for i don't know there's a third trophy that popped at the same time because i finished everything 
but I still didn't have the trophy for finishing the level that I quit earlier. So I went back and played and finished that level and the trophy didn't pop. So I'm worried that I've like locked myself out of this platinum now because the game, because I have the trophy for all collectibles, it will no longer check for all collectibles in a level. You know, trying to think of like how they've built the logic in the back end. I'm betting that if all collectibles are true, you know, whatever variable in the back end, it just doesn't even check. So I think there's no way for me to get that. And now I'll never have the platinum. And I'm furious. Well, I really hope that this... Check on Reddit to see if anyone else has that problem. (laughs) Yeah, I looked around and I did not see any reference to this problem. I'm hoping it ends with you calling PlayStation customer support (laughs) to get your platinum trophy. Getting them to patch uh-huh. Paw Patrol <laughs> Save Adventure Bay just for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'll let you know if if I figure it out. But as of now, I I was so close to an easy platinum, and now I'm so so far away. That's the worst. So I guess to all the other people who are trying to play Paw Patrol Save Adventure Bay or Mighty Pup Save Adventure Bay for the easy platinum, be sure you finish the levels. Do not exit out. That's my warning. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Excuse me. Good to know. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, James, do you want to go or do you want me to go first? Sure, I can go. Mine's probably shorter than yours. <laughs> Uh, so you guys have played Dark Souls, right? Yes, a little bit. Yeah. How did you feel the first time you played Dark Souls and somebody, you know, stabbed you in the back? And you didn't know they're there. Not yeah. good. <laughs> I think that was. Do you remember Nick, our roommate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his fault that I played that game, and. He was there just laughing at me in the background while I played this game and kept stumbling into traps. That's what I remember. Is I remember Nick laughing at me. So I found a game that's uh, the combination of um, the difficulty and um, uh, backstabbiness of Dark Souls uh, with the combination of... Uh, co-op with friends and if you don't get both of those two things exactly right all the time you will die in two minutes <laughs> <laughs> and that game is called six days in fallujah it is mm. the, the most difficult game i have ever played and um it makes me want to kill everybody i'm playing with <laughs> <laughs> because i'll be you know in Iraq with my buddy, um, and we're we're going through towns, going uh, house to house, and uh, I'm covering him, and he runs to get cover, but doesn't tell me where he goes, and it turns out it was like a block away, but I um, was covering behind him, uh, and so I just wander randomly until uh, terrorists find me. Uh, so it's great um, communication as. Um, absolutely needed in the game so if you want to really be frustrated at your friends or just uh <laughs> you know screw them over 
Six Days in Fallujah. Check it out. <laughs> it came out a while ago, right? I remember hearing about that. I'm it was like earlier this year. It's still in early access. Yeah, it says release date was this last June, just barely. But oh, it, okay, I, I thought that was like a year or two ago. It's got some nuts audio. Like if you're right next to your buddy, you can talk to him without having to use any kind of like comm system. But if they get further than like ten feet away from you, you have to start using your radio. And to use a radio, you have to put down your gun. <laughs> oh wow. wow! It does not work well when terrorists are shooting at you. <laughs> <laughs> also you get all this crazy audio from like all the bullet fire and all the things exploding around you there's one time this rpg was just like launching over and over and over at us um i think it was a glitch but it was just constant and we couldn't even talk to each other, uh, other over the radio so wow total blast of a game <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. Is that how that works in like real life military? Is this like modern day setting? Yeah. So yeah, the the Iraq War was recently. I don't know what time it was. Um, but uh, it's like twenty they, years ago. I think so. so maybe um, they didn't have because in my brain, in my head, like the Marines and stuff have constant like communication with each other over radio like they don't have to put their gun down to pull up a giant cell phone looking thing or something <laughs> but i also am no expert whatsoever in this kind of thing so yeah I've, I have no idea but um yeah uh i had something else but i lost never mind <laughs> fascinating Oh, I had one question real quick, you guys. Did you know that Lego is releasing like a full game inside Fortnite tomorrow? <laughs> inside Fortnite? Yeah, they're releasing Lego Fortnite like as a mode inside Fortnite and it comes out tomorrow. But like it's a like a full board? on Yeah, it's like a Minecraft competitor built by <laughs> The team that makes Lego games, but they built it, or I'm sure they didn't build it in Fortnite, but they're putting it in Fortnite. <laughs> Weird. And I just, I just wanted to, that was the, I mentioned a thing I wanted to speculate about. And I think next week for sure, we need to at least mention what that actually ends up being and what the reaction is to it. Is that what the new racing <clears throat> game by Psyonix yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's over the next three days they're releasing three full games inside Fortnite. The first one is Lego Fortnite tomorrow, and then Friday, it's Rocket Racing. So it's Rocket League Racing, and that one is made by Psyonix, who made Rocket League. And then Saturday is I can't remember what they call it, but it's basically it's made by. Uh, the people who made Guitar Hero, and it's like a music game inside Fortnite. Mm. <laughs> what? Harmonics, yeah. Harmonics, yeah, yeah. Sounds, and that's yeah, it. so like all the trailers for these games are branded with this like purple border that says "Find it in Fortnite." That's so weird. Yeah. So is exactly. it a game engine now? Well, uh, earlier this year they released Unreal Engine for Fortnite, 
which is like their creative mode times a million because it's just like a skinned version of the full Unreal Engine, but you can do it inside Fortnite, but only on PC. The builder is only on PC, but you can play the modes anywhere. And so supposedly all these games were like built in Unreal Engine for Fortnite. But I don't really believe that. I'm pretty sure they were just built in the Unreal Engine and ported into Fortnite. Um, but yeah, it's. I'm very curious to see what these games actually end up being and how they like integrate into the wider Fortnite ecosystem. And to see like what is Epic Games? What's their strategy here? Like, why are they? I'm sure paying a lot of money to have these developers build games inside Fortnite. Like, what's the long term? goal and, and plan here yeah i forgot i wanted to bring that up but i'm sure we'll talk a lot more about it next week after these games are actually released almost sounds like they're trying to like compete with roblox or something yeah i mean uh -huh. they they have been for a while just with creative mode but this is a, a, a huge step up of like yeah actually having real developers make full-on games but you have to be in Fortnite to play them. Yeah, it's, it's mm. crazy. Weird. I am interested to hear more about that, though, because that's interesting. Real briefly, on a semi-related note, I saw a uh, a picture by... Um, are you guys familiar with the different logins you can do to, like, like Epic Games? You can log in with uh, Facebook or Google. Uh -huh. okay. So uh, I saw a picture that somebody posted on a dev thing um they saw that there was a lego login that uh, must be why like they have that um but they're like what why why is lego providing login information <laughs> for for epic games and then a bunch of people started like um creating mock graphics for things and they'd be like um login provided by um wonder bread and <laughs> just a bunch <laughs> of like random <laughs> I want my Mountain Dew login. That's my yeah. real account. My Mountain Dew account is my core account. <laughs> At MountainDew.com. Yeah. That's my real online identity. My Mountain Dew account. Yeah. Cobra Kane at MountainDew.com. <laughs> That's funny. Applebee's heist at MountainDew.com. <laughs> <clears throat> um cool well i guess i'll do my one thing yeah, go for it. i already mentioned in the discord my latest adventures in tears of the kingdom and my endeavors to finish the game and i immediately got distracted and i'm now trying to finish all the light routes i only have four left um so that's that the one thing i should talk about then the game i have been playing more recently is Wolfenstein the New Order? Oh wow, it's not on brand for you, Curtis. No, I used to play a lot of shooters back in the day. I used to really like them. Um, Bioshock was a game I really loved a long time ago, as well as I mean, like the first few Modern Warfare, Call of Duty games I really liked a lot. All that kind of stuff. Borderlands was a big deal for me back in the day, and I say back in the day, this is like. More than 10 years ago. It's been a long time. <clears throat> but I used to like shooters a lot. And that was on... Wolfenstein was on sale 
for not a lot. It was like, I don't know, three, five dollars, something like that. And I'm like, I can give it a shot, see what's up. So I'm playing it, and it's very interesting because I've only played it for like four hours so far. So it's not very, not too far yet. But it's like, so the setting is like an alternate history where the Nazis win World War II and essentially take over the world. So as you're like learning about that and seeing little details about it, like it's kind of sad. <laughs> well, yeah, it's sad. There's like, I found a newspaper clipping about like, oh, like Manhattan's going to be, uh, like it could be livable in the next like five years. We develop new technology to deal with all the radiation from the atomic bomb we dropped on it to end World War II. And I'm like, what? They, they bombed New York? Like, yeah, so it's a very sad alternate history, obviously. Um, and the setup is that you're playing the first part of the like first mission. You're playing in actual World War II. The war's still going on. You're playing as a what's his name? His last name is Blaskowitz. Blaskowitz, which is a great video game name. This guy, I don't know if you've seen like the character design for this guy, but he's got like the jawline. It's just huge. His face, <laughs> like he's just a mountain of a man. <laughs> And it cracks me up when he's in cutscenes sometimes because Jesus is like Hulk. He's huge. <clears throat> and he'll, his like voiceovers, like he's talking like this the whole time. It's like, I've seen so much death. Four breaths in, count to four, breathe out. And like, as like this guy's getting his eyes cut out, I'm like, this, this game's brutal. Holy cow. Um, so anyway, you're playing through this mission. You go. You like infiltrate this castle to take out this Nazi leader, evil scientist guy. Everything goes poorly, and as you escape, you jump out a window to escape, and then like something explodes, you can get shrapnel. It's Blaskowitz in the head, and then this like the whole title screen rolls, and then there's a whole cutscene where he's in like a kind of a what's the word? He's basically in intensive care for a long time. He's in a wheelchair because he has brain damage or something. I don't know. And then eventually, according to the voiceover, he starts getting better. <laughs> There's not a lot of explanation. There's a nurse taking care of him. He's in a wheelchair, not moving whatsoever. And then he talks about how he's starting to feel better. He's starting to get some feeling back in his legs, whatever. And then the Nazis come and are like, hey, we're shutting down this whole operation. And then the doctor, who are... They are German, but there are good people like trying to take care of their patients, right? And they're like, no, you can't shut us down. There's a little scuffle. And the Nazi soldiers are obviously bad people, so they start just executing everyone. <clears throat> and then they go and execute you, but you're, you know, you're the video game protagonist, so you get up and stab them, and then you escape and go after to save your nurse friend who's been taking care of you. And you find out you've been in this state for like 14 years. It's now 1960, and the Nazis have won the World War. And he's like, well, I have to find the resistance. Anyway, that's how the game starts. And it's funny to play because in terms of story and like how that plays out, it's like this very somber, like, you know, the Nazis won World War II. It's terrible. There's a resistance. They're fighting back. So you go from this like somber feeling of everything's terrible. We got to do something about it to like, yeah, video games. Let's shoot the Nazis here, <laughs> like <laughs> hardcore. It is. I feel like it just keeps swinging. There's a jail, whole jailbreak thing where you go re, um, to find the resistance and you free a bunch of them from from the prison. 
And as they open the door in the cutscene, a bunch of them get shot. And it cuts to Blaskowitz, and there's like straight up just blood splattered on his face. And he's just like, just doesn't move. There's no facial expression. And just from like that cutscene alone, you're like, oh, this is a terrible moment. Obviously, like this guy has PTSD. Like he could get into like this intense moment. But then in the background, there's like heavy metal kind of music starting up. And you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go kill these guys. And it's like such a weird contrast to me, to be honest. <laughs> I can't I can't make sense of it. Uh, like, do you want me to feel somber about it? Or do you want me to get amped up and grab a shotgun? I'm not sure what to do. But you pick up a shotgun and you go. Anyway, very interesting. Interesting game. <clears throat> but it is fun. I'm enjoying it. The I keep expecting to find more interesting guns. The gunplay is good, but it's like you have an assault rifle, or you have a pistol, or you have a shotgun, and that's kind of all I've really found so far. And in this weird alternate history where the Nazis have come up with all this crazy, like they have super soldiers, they have these robots that come after you, they have these like giant mech dogs that are like terrifying and just come after you, you can't really do anything, you just have to kind of run. But, like, the weapons you pick up from them aren't anything, like, crazy. I keep expecting to find more. I don't know. They're all pretty generic still, I guess, which is interesting, con considering the setting of this game. So, anyway. <clears throat> Do you recommend it? to see how the story goes. I'm curious to see how the story goes. Okay. So, the story has me hooked, to be honest. But... Yeah, I haven't played a game like this in a long time, so we'll see how long I stick with it. Anyway, that's my one thing. Our topic today is James. He's our topic. <laughs> Hi. Hi. James, regale us of your tales of game development. Hi, uh, I'm a game developer slash guy. Um, and I wanted to come on and talk to you guys about different mechanics I have going on and um, the the progress I want to try and build towards. Um, and so I need some game experts, that's you guys, um, wow. to to do a few things for me. Uh, I need you guys to, to give me a, is this a cool yay or nay? Maybe or one to ten, I don't know. Like, how cool is it? Um, I've one to ten yays or one to ten nays. <laughs> I, actually, I want you to give me a scale between ninety and a hundred. So that means it's an A minus or an A plus. I mean, got it. <laughs> Fully prepared to do this. <laughs> wow, they don't just give those away. Um, <laughs> real quick, real quick. Yeah, one, I'm honored to be called an expert. And two, is this your bald guys assemble game? So there's two parts to it, and I'll get okay. to that. So one of them. Okay. So two of these ideas are for my Bald Guys Assemble game. Um, it's a cooperative RPG uh, roguelike game um, that I'm currently in the middle of development, about a year in. Um, part of the another part of this is for another game called Pandaronium, Curtis. Ah, um, incredible. And, We'll talk about some mechanics for that as well. Great um, music in that game too, I hear. Tremendous music. I got a good guy on him. Wow. <laughs> There's actually some semblance of a song that has been recorded. <laughs> what an achievement. 
<laughs> we, do we have that? Can we play it right now? Uh, Maybe not. I, I would have to do some hunting. <laughs> it's in our email. Oh, yeah. I Actually, the hunting, I just have to search in an email. <laughs> or for an email. But uh, while he's looking for that. So, yeah, I need you guys to give me like a 1 to 10. Is it cool or not? Um, or is it fun? Or, I don't know, whatever you think on it. And then um, if you can try and poke holes as much as you can. Yeah, I need you guys to be the pessimist. And try and talk me out of making these ideas. <laughs> but if they are interesting, we can discuss. So, um, yeah, I'll let Ryan pull up that that song first. <laughs> That's what we want to start with. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let's introduce Pandaronium. Start high and go down low. <laughs> I gotta make sure this isn't. This is just a demo. Real quick, while you're finding it still ish, um, James, can do you mind if I explain the? Uh, what I assume is the inspiration for this game. Yes, please. This was, uh, I don't remember what year this was. Was this like 2011, I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was then. Anyway, you showed me this wonderful mod on Warcraft 3 where it was a run, kitty, run. Is that what it was called? Exactly right. Is that it? <laughs> wow. Um, I always wondered how to play that again. I don't know if there's any way to do it anymore, but basically it was, you're on a, your Warcraft character on a little tiger and you have to run between monsters. I don't remember what the monsters were. They're wolves. They're just wolves, big wolves. And it was like a maze kind of a thing. And you just got to run between them. And I can't remember. Was it, was it playing a high pitched version of numb by Lincoln park or the, but every time I touch, you get the feeling. It was. One you of got to. Two. You got to pick which one it was. <laughs> okay, so it was both. I don't know why I could remember the Lincoln Park thing. I remember the every time we touch song specifically. Yeah. But it was like a sped up, high pitched version of it, and that's all you did. And if you touched the wolf, you died, and you had to get to the end. <laughs> that was it. Die on spot. Yeah. So basically, the idea was that you you work as a team to get to the center of this spiral um that's filled with wolves that are moving randomly and if you hit a wolf you die in your spot and then it's up to your teammate to come walk over your body and you'll resurrect that's the whole premise of the game get to the middle and you win like the wolves were just wandering around right they weren't they didn't have ai to come after you you just kind of like okay i can make it and then they just kind of randomly turn and walk into you and you're like oh crap <laughs> yes there's no no way to predict anything yes <laughs> and so it gets chaotic when you have eight guys trying to best one another but also kind of work together uh and yeah so i'm trying to the, i guess the the main reason i have this these two game ideas and why i'm not just focusing on one is i originally had the bald guys game um, I've come into some design decisions that are kind of hindering me and I need to, to figure those out before I can continue on. Um, so I decided to break off the entire code base. I copied it straight over to this new game called Pandaronium. And um, I, I just altered it slightly because my code was pretty well done, I think. 
Um, and I have a full base working game of Pandorenium already working right now um, with slight modifications from what I already had. And so now I'm just adding on creative features. And so instead of, and the, the whole idea was I could productionize a bunch of different parts of the Bald Guys game without having to do all those different creative decisions um, that include a bunch of mechanics that we're going to talk about. And so this is a game I can release in a couple months, a few months, um, rather than another year or two. So, yeah, Ryan. <laughs> uh, this is the demo for Pandoronium. skip to the end yeah and after a while <laughs> you'll get dinosaurs are the enemy right i mean how could you not want to buy that game with a soundtrack <laughs> like that? Uh... so so i guess starting on the pandoranium we'll start on that side rather than the bald guys because i i've created essentially 10 different levels within this this game and each one gets progressively harder um and so the the 10 levels i came up with were one dinosaurs uh just just a, a fair amount not not too much but enough to to make it a little challenging um difficulty two even more dinosaurs okay um <laughs> you can probably guess what that means <laughs> um and so uh also on this this area you have safe zones in each of the corners of all the spiral um and enemies cannot go in there until you get to level three and you get flying enemies and they go just from safe zones to safe zones, picking random places to go. So if you're in a safe zone, you got to watch out for those. If you're at level three or higher. Oh, also all these levels stack on top of each other. So you get all the level one through three, if you're on level three. Mm. Um, so level four, I'm calling a pong enemy. He's just going to be bouncing around other enemies, walls, yourself and he'll just be bouncing everywhere and there will be several of those placed within uh the spiral um number uh five difficulty is even more dinosaurs um i really want to emphasize this is a game about pandas versus dinosaurs so <laughs> i feel like that's a <laughs> solid premise i mean we all know the natural enemies that pandas and dinosaurs are so yeah, yeah rivalry for the ages yeah <laughs> No more, no more discussion needed there. Like that's just obvious. 
Um, oh, wait, wait, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, so I actually have the normal enemy as wolves for right now, and then level five is a dinosaur enemy that I, I actually need to switch. But anyways, this level five one is, it's a, we'll just call it a dinosaur for right now, just at the beginning of the spiral that's going to be locked up in a wall. And after a certain amount of time, the walls will come down and that that dinosaur will then chase the last player in the spiral and uh, basically blue shell them. Um, if I want to re reference Mario Kart there. Uh, and the idea is that you need all your, your, your players you're playing with to get to the middle of the spiral to get to the next difficulty. So it really screws you if you leave a guy behind. <laughs> um, that dinosaur blue shells that guy and you have to go save him. Um, so that's the, the dinosaur blue shell guy. Um, difficulty six, more wolves or dinosaurs, whatever I'm calling it. Uh, difficulty seven, I'm removing the safe zones completely. Um, your free grain for the wolves or dinosaurs or whatever. Um, uh, difficulty eight, I'm thinking uh, it'll start. So initially, you'll be able to revive enemies instantly when you walk over their body. Well, on level eight, you'll have to uh, take two seconds to revive your enemies. It's going to be more difficult when you have, uh, I don't know, hundreds of these wolves now everywhere. Um, so that'll be fun. Good luck. Hope you don't die. Um, level nine. I'm thinking the uh, so I, I was thinking that the the dinosaurs, all the enemies, will have like an exclamation point above their head when they're about to move. So you, so it gives a little indication to the players because that was my, a big problem on Run Kitty Run. You didn't know when they were gonna move, but if you have that little exclamation point, you can know, you know, there's something going on really soon. Well, I was gonna take that away on level nine. <laughs> um. <laughs> And uh, level 10, um, all the enemies are 50% faster. So, sounds just, intense. Uh, that does I mean, sound intense. If you really want to get to the end of this game and platinum it, as you guys are calling it, you're really going to have to put in the time. Um, hey. So what do you guys think about those? Um, or do you guys have different ideas that could be cool? Let's throw it out to you guys. Mm. Go ahead, Curtis. Have you thought about doing <clears throat> instead of like levels, like progressing through one level after another, kind of a thing? Doing kind of a a roguelike approach, where as you complete one round, you get assigned a random modifier to that makes it harder. So, like, <clears throat> I don't know, you could do like a slot machine type of thing after you finish one, and you see what unfortunate modifier gets applied to the enemies so now the dinosaurs move 50 percent faster in this round and then that's and then they stack as you go and you see how long you could last <laughs> it would be fun for like some of the videos because you'd be like oh i got five blue shell dinosaurs and there's um four of us uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um uh as a, it's an idea i could think about it <laughs> yeah uh, obviously this is all brainstorming. Yeah. 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 And I just think that would help with like replayability a little bit. 
Oh, you're yeah. not beating, you're not beating level ten, so it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you by chance have any uh, visuals or videos you can share with us, just so we kind of have an idea of how some of this stuff is working? I should have um, asked that before you came on. Oh, uh, okay. About it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could go open up Unity and uh, build it real quick. Uh, no, you're a, good. <laughs> so essentially, the the movement is like: Have you guys played Warcraft Three, Starcraft? Um, There's like, League of Legends, so you click and they yeah, go, yeah. right? Yeah, League of Legends, Dota. I think right clicking, and your character moves to that location okay. or attempts to move that location. Um, now, that's that's the the entire movement. Okay. Uh, and I, I forgot to mention, there is going to be uh, some abilities that each all the players have. And as you resurrect more players, or as you get further in the game, you'll unlock more experience points, and you can use them on these skills. And uh, I believe I have those. Tell um, me there's not just pandas in this game? No, I'm sorry. Wow. You are the panda, though. Okay. <laughs> You're the panda. The panda is Renium, meaning... <laughs> so the uh the abilities i was going to give the the players was like providing an aura to increase speed movement speed for players around you um and you can increase that as much as you want uh you can slow enemies in an area around you as like a area of effect um one of the stronger ones is <laughs> temporary invulnerability and then another one is uh, like a shout, so you can make all the enemies in a certain range move in some direction. Um, maybe I'll always be away from you or something, since it's an ability that's supposed to help. <laughs> can the shout be a just a like a spin attack thing with a with bamboo? He just spins with ban a stick of bamboo and pushes everything away. <laughs> uh, sure, good. <laughs> Sorry, that's great. That looks funny in my head. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the most important part of that would be the the actual shouting audio, which you could, you have lots of liberty at creating. So that's what I would be yeah. excited about. That would be good. <laughs> How long is a run supposed to be? Like one level one to ten? How long does it take? One to ten. Ooh. If you're going one to ten, it's probably going to take you maybe an hour, hour and a half. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. That, that's the hope, at least. <laughs> Can you like pause? And no. Save. No. Yeah. So you have to start at one every session. Yeah. So this is a souls like. Sure. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the what a souls like is a game you can't pause. <laughs> I should make different <laughs> versions of this that are like, you could buy the two dollar version. And it'll be, you know, just the base game. Or you can buy the $4 version and you can get save files. <laughs> <laughs> you should make saves a subscription. That's $2 a month. There you go. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I was also thinking about putting in like a leaderboard. So if whoever are the first like 100 people to get to level 10 all the way from 1 to 10, they get immortalized. So speed there running. 
the dinosaurs are named after them. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah, that, so the two, $2 range is my uh, target because I don't see uh, people wanting to pay more than that for this type of game. <laughs> and this is and, mostly made for like PC release? Or is this yep. mobile targeted or... So, I, yeah, I thought about doing mobile, but <clears throat> I don't want to have to learn another networking library. So, uh, I only I just Steam at the moment. <laughs> um, so, have you considered doing more than just that one control scheme, like just like a joystick? Or you only um, want to do the mouse? If it's just going to be PC, it's going to be just the mouse. Okay. Uh, I feel like the joystick takes away from the um, spirit of the game. <laughs> you click in a direction, and your guy starts to move in that direction. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a... How you, you and your character are two different entities. You're telling him where to go. You gotcha. are not him. <laughs> So you're guiding the panda, you're not controlling the panda. Right. Is the idea. Okay, that makes sense. How did they get around that for Diablo 4? Because I know a lot of people talked about how it worked pretty seamlessly on the controller, whereas before Diablo was the same style of movement. Does anyone know? Or do they just say, now you can um, move your character with a joystick? In Diablo 3, you just use a joystick, yeah. Okay. I, well, then that answers that question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which does make it feel different to, yeah, to that point. Playing Diablo 3 almost felt like playing something almost akin to Hades. Mm, yeah. Especially I, I did the Demon Hunter lady. And so I was just like, it was almost felt like a top-down shooter type of thing all uh, of a sudden because I would hold down my fire button and then aim, you know. <clears throat> instead of clicking where to shoot and that kind of thing, clicking where to move. And it is a different field. It feels like a different, almost not a different genre, but it does go to like a, almost a Hades equivalent type of feel to, instead of like a computer RPG type of, not computer RPG, but yeah. A, it just plays differently with the keyboard and mouse, yeah. I guess. Sorry. That's no, a long that way sense. to say that, but yeah. And how many players is this up to? So I was thinking of supporting up to eight players. Okay. And it's like, are you going to try to, is there lobbies or is it <laughs> if you can get seven friends together? Uh, I wasn't going to initially do lobbies because I feel, I think there's some, uh, some, <laughs> um, we'll say security issues with the library I'm using. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> In the past, it's known to uh, leak IP addresses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I'll have to patch Fair that enough. up, obviously, and uh, figure Fair out a way around that. But yeah, if I am able to, then lobbies are, yeah, for sure. But can you play it single player? Sure. Yeah. Like, is there, is, but is it like at all conceivable that you would win single player? I'll leave that to the speedrunners. <laughs> well, it'd be harder, though, because then you don't have anyone to revive you, right? Right, unless you're really good. You just have to, it's the no hit run. 
skill issue, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. What about for people like me who are not really good? This is the game for you. <laughs> Perfect. Make me good. This is a game for uh, for buddies that you know aren't super serious or maybe serious, and you just want to have a fun time. Like it sounds great. Here's my one one thing. Sure, the big one thing. Because when I think of this game, I think of chaos. It's just chaotic, and anything to help with the chaotic nature of this game, I think, is a plus. And to loop back to, I still think like a roguelike idea of the way the difficulty um, ramps up in just random ways, I think would add to that chaotic nature. I, I think that would be fun. Instead of knowing, oh, this level is when this happens kind of a thing. That's I think it'd be more chaotic to be like, what happens next? I don't know. Now they're fast. That sucks. Or, <laughs> oh, now they're, now they're a little bigger. I don't know. Like the hitbox gets bigger or something, you know. Stuff like that, mm. where it's a more, yeah, just I think that would help with the chaotic nature of it. One, the the standard mode and the roguelike mode, yeah, you could separate it out, yeah. More content. I have no idea how difficult it is to randomize that type of thing. So, if I say something and you're like, that's gonna be a lot of work, I'm sorry, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, that's that's very much not that much work. <laughs> like, um, I can't, can't, I'm trying to think of, because you mentioned, the, you mentioned the blue shell dinosaurs. I almost wonder if you could do like item boxes, almost like Mario Kart, just to get random power-ups. Maybe you could have random depower, power downs, depowering things to make things harder. So it's a risk to get what's in the box. I don't know, as you go along. That could be kind of funny to me too. Hmm. Okay. I was I was trying to stay away from items because I was trying to keep the game really really simple. That's I, fair. I, I mostly want to just release a game to say I've released a game. That's just a goal of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it could be uh, scaled back to just like effects. I don't know. Maybe you maybe you do the whole. Your character is invulnerable for 10 seconds or something. Maybe 10 seconds is a long time. but So it's not like a consumable item or something, just like an effect that happens for a little bit and then it goes away. I don't know. Fair. Or scrap Fair. that idea entirely and just focus on the one level at a time. <laughs> I don't know. The really cool part about this is I'm able to create one world and then I just spawn them back to the beginning at the, for the next level. So... Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, another note: uh, if this, if it weren't me making it, and you saw it out there, what would convince you to buy it? You can be honest. Uh, art, I mean, art is a big thing for me. If it had it, if it had great visuals, or like not even great visuals, but like unique visuals. That would catch me. Obviously, because I did the song, and <laughs> I like the song. Like I like a goofy style sort of song. That mixed with like like interesting visuals would really catch me. 
but that's my personal taste, so I can't really speak <laughs> to that uh, fairly. The small price tag is is also yeah that that is also that you already yeah. mentioned that it's a good I, one. Easy achievements as well. <laughs> You're in for the achievements, huh? I mean, if it's a small price tag and it's got like an easy hundred percent. Oh, you're not gonna get an easy hundred on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this is gonna not be the best. for like small scale games with a little price tag that I see on Steam. I guess the visibility of it's gonna be the tough part though, just with Steam. How many games are released on that? Yeah. So, yeah, an interesting stat I saw was the more you sell of a game, that's, or, no, sorry, let me repeat that. The the higher the price of the game, the more copies it generally sells. It's opposite of what you would think, because yeah. people associate quality with price. Quality with price. Uh, that makes sense. But so, we're kind of in an era of, of the cheap game, like Vampire Survivors is... That's an exception, though. Yeah, but then also <laughs> like Stack, the... Stacklands did really well, and I feel like we're in an era right now where people are accepting cheap games can be good. Yeah, the whole survivors like thing that Vampire Survivors has spawned is full of games like that that are like five dollars ish in that range. Yeah, yeah, they're just so easy to make. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I do think what you said makes sense generally it's just right now we're kind of in a moment where people are allowing cheap games to be really successful i wonder if it's based on age too because like we're all adults who have busy lives and so i kind of feel like for me i'm like i would rather buy the 15 dollars game that's 20 hours than baldur's gate 3. <laughs> <laughs> That has too much content that I'll never be able to experience and right. is too daunting for me to even start. <laughs> yeah. So another question is if you saw a friend had this, what percentage likelihood would you buy it as well? Yeah, I was going to say for this kind of game, my friends playing it is probably the single biggest factor. So I don't know what like Steam's storefront can do, but like can if you can set up like a bundle where it's like buy this for you and three friends. Yeah, do they do that? Because I know other places do that. Okay. <laughs> buy this for bundle do that so you can buy like a four pack. Yeah. Oh. Buy this for oh. eight friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the eight bundle. <laughs> This is the $100 bundle where you can buy it for 50 friends. <laughs> Honestly, like having an eight pack bundle, that would catch my eye. Like you could buy eight copies for 15 bucks or whatever. <laughs> Send it around. I mean, yeah, I, I do think that is like a unique yeah. selling point that could catch some eyes. <laughs> I'll have to look into that when I create the Steam page. Yeah, because like, you know, 15 bucks for a game night is not bad, you know? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. When I play a game, I, I take the amount of hours I've played and can it justify the amount of ping? So if I play five hours of Legend of Zelda and then I'm done, not worth it to me. Not worth it, yeah. If I pay, you know, $2 and I get five hours, oh, yeah. I, I just made my money. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's just how I think, though. I don't know how yeah, many. No, we've, we've talked about that <laughs> idea a lot on this podcast, mm-hmm. actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we have. Hades okay. is one of my highest value purchases I've ever done. I can't remember. <laughs> it was like 17 cents an hour or something by the time I was done. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Oh, I'm curious, uh, Ryan's hourly rate wage or hourly price for Binding of Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it all depends if you Man. count the version I bought on the 3DS too. <laughs> <laughs> it does not. <laughs> yeah how many hours did you put on the 3ds version mm, i did everything but like the last few achievements i don't i have to cow. look at the but that was oh, wow. they didn't sell the dlc <laughs> right on the 3ds and those last few achievements without the dlc it it takes a lot of time let's see well, I'm going to do some calculations for you guys. Okay. While you guys keep talking, I can do the. So, any other uh, ideas you think would make this game fun for a $2 game? <laughs> or I'm thinking about doing 250 So then, like, Steam takes 30%. So yeah. that way I could be like, oh, yeah, I actually make $20 or $2 on this game or whatever. Uh... <laughs> Just so. Yeah, that's fair. I think a three dollar um, price tag is fine too, honestly. Have you considered a voiceover announcer? <laughs> oh, feeling spree, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so whenever someone feel... goes down, there's a voiceover for it. Yeah, revive. It's a good idea. I like that. Like the. <laughs> The uh, the voice actor from uh, Mortal Kombat, brutality. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, the oh, the pandemity. <laughs> so every time you finish a level two, it goes pandemonium. I absolutely yeah. love that idea. <laughs> you could have that clip from from Ryan's demo, dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um. So is the so are you basically just doing the same spiral layout? Yeah, is your idea? Are you gonna widen it or like anything? If there's more people playing, no, you just keep it the same the whole time. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, scaling down if it's just one player, uh, not not necessarily the level, just um. So there were some of the features that were not for single player use. Although maybe that helps out speedrunners too much. <laughs> <laughs> but an answer no. I wasn't gonna stretch it or expand. Gotcha. The whole point is to get people addicted on the first one to think they they're like, oh, this game is easy on level one. 
and then they start feeling the brutality in uh, That's wild. Yeah. two through ten. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. The only thing I'm worried about, because I understand like the scope, you want to keep it small. So I keep thinking of other ideas, but that would just end up <laughs> increasing the scope, which is sounds like something you don't want to do, which makes sense. Um, <clears throat> but the only thing I'd be worried about is like people getting kind of burned out on trying to beat it and like. It feeling a little repetitious, if that makes sense, you know? Sure. But if you put in, if this person tries to put in tons of hours, do you think they'll feel uh, satisfied that they got their money's worth <laughs> for a $2 game? Yeah. I just don't know how, <laughs> you know, if you get the level nine, like, five times in a row, like, <laughs> that could be kind of yeah, frustrating to try again, you know? It feels okay. like you'll never get it. Yeah, you can't you can't crush their spirits too entirely. There has to be a hint that like they have to feel like they could do it if they keep trying. If it feels like no matter what, I'll never get it. That's when people give up. Yeah, and when it's a lot of like chaotic nature to it too, and you have stuff that happens that like it's kind of feels like a little outside your control. That's can be fun with the whole. It's just a fun chaotic experience kind of a thing. But, like, the thing with, like, Dark Souls and everything, you know, um, it generally, ideally, it doesn't always work out this way, but ideally is when you take a hit and you die or whatever, it's something that you could see, like, oh, I see how to prevent this or whatever. I can avoid it, whatever. You have some control over that kind of situation. I would agree until I played Binding of Isaac with that one character that yeah. could take one hit and die. The lost. Course. Yeah. yeah. So that's a situation where that convinced me this could be doable because uh, I went into a room one time and there was an enemy already shooting somehow. I don't know how. And I died right when I walked in. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. Okay, yeah. So if Binding of Isaac can F people over like that, uh, my, my two dollar game, I think people will forgive me. <laughs> So what you need to do is just set realistic expectations about it. Yep. They know that this game's going to be extremely hard. It's just a hard, chaotic thing. Yep. Yeah. Because that's uh, the thing with that character in Binding of Isaac. That was like an unlockable. That's a very kind of niche situation within the wider experience. Right. If people know this is what it's going to be like when you play it, that helps. Yeah. Wait, and I will... It also reminds me of that game that came out, Ding Dong XL. Do you guys know that one? Oh, uh, yes. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah, where it was just like the guy wanted to learn how to make games and put out some simple arcade-style games for like a dollar yeah. each. And... and it's just like geometry shapes. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Squares and stuff. And all it is, yeah, all that game is is you just, when you hit the button, your circle goes from like one side of the screen to the other. And if you don't do it fast enough, you blow up. So you got to go back and forth, but there's shapes going across. So you got to avoid and time it. Right. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it's the, the but selling that's point. It. That's was, all they did. And it it's was cheap. And, yeah. yeah. 
And so I'm pretty sure that guy people, put out a few games, right? Yeah, that's the one I remember though. Yeah. I also, by the way, I paid six cents per hour on Binding of Isaac. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, any other thoughts on Pandaronium? So the main thing, you, what are your like last steps? Is, is it mostly just kind of like the art direction? Yeah, so I have, um, so like I said, I have the entire base game, which is just like the random enemies moving. Um, I've built in three or two extra enemies so far. So right now I'm I'm just like I said I have the base game and I'm building all the extra features on it. So all those levels I'm building currently. Okay. Um all the collision, all that, it's done, it works. I need to to get a a better I need to improve my multiplayer a bit, and that's a big goal of the game. Um because that's gonna be one of the things that take over to Bald Guys Assemble. Um so and obviously I'll learn more when I get user data, but, uh, uh, yeah. So visuals, audio, and then just the extra fun features and multiplayer, which re sounds like a lot, uh, but it really isn't. Um, do you think you'll ever, so once you release this game, you get your goal of releasing a game. Do you think you'll ever go back and update it with like new modes or anything like that? Um, depending on the popularity, I was thinking I would just create another version because I'd imagine I'd get some good feedback from people, mm -hmm. um, create another $3 version or something, $4, um, with better features. So I don't imagine we'd be adding onto it uh, very much unless it's just bug fixes. Okay. That makes sense. I like the idea of a game being fully done when you sell it to somebody. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I just I think there's a lot of potential there, but that comes with scope increase. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so um, I don't want to. I know it's kind of late, but I do have another idea or two. Um, I'd like to run by you. Yeah, I mean, we generally uh -huh. go for two hours. It's been an hour and a half, so we just start. All right. All right. So, um, to bold guys assemble. Like I said, it's a co-op roguelike RPG. Um, so, uh, my biggest inspiration for it is really Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, you have the ability to have a weapon and an ability um, at any point in time. So, one one weapon and one ability at any time. You can swap out your weapon for another weapon. You can swap out your ability for another ability. And the abilities and weapons um, have cooldowns and charge-ups. Um, actually, no, not cooldowns. They just have charge-ups. So you hold down the button for um, a second. It charges it up, and it'll either do a light or a heavy attack, um, depending on how long you've clicked it. And there's an indicator that shows you um, that amount for each of those. Um, that's the general idea. and you're procedurally uh, creating the world and everything. Um, uh, enemies are procedurally generated and put in there. Um, that's the general idea of the game. So some of the ideas I've been thinking about, well, my big problem with the game is it seems too generic. 
uh, I feel like the draw to the game will be people want to. I thought the draw to the game would have been people want to use some cool abilities. There's some cool pixel art, um, but it just doesn't seem like enough. I feel like I, I don't have the creative power to create stuff that's up to the par of other games similar to it. I just saw a game called Ember Knights. Um, it has really cool graphics. Uh, and they, they probably had a lot more people working on it than I do. Um, I'm not going to be able to meet that level of that art. Um, but some ideas I came up with or mechanics are things that I think could make the game cool and forgive for some of my other ways I'm lacking. Um, the first one. Um. So for the listener, uh, the internet's out. And so eventually they'll be back. Hopefully. Um, oh, uh, we lost you guys for a second. I apologize. No. I opened up Ember Knight's to look at it and they were doing a live stream and i think that <laughs> took up a lot of my bandwidth <laughs> oh <laughs> how That's much weird. did you hear <laughs> uh pretty much nothing from that from that thought you were on okay so the idea is that i have these shared worlds that uh users would be able to create and then if you die in the world that game state would get saved to a server somewhere with some with like the items you dropped during that run because it's a roguelike you don't keep your items from run to run but i was thinking what if you were able to keep your 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 character state as long as your game is running kind of i would need to figure that out but like when you start a game when you, when you launch the game up you start from fresh um and you can keep joining new worlds or something um and get to some kind of end goal. I would need to refigure out the end goal of the game. But the idea would be that other players would drop their items. You could see that those worlds uh, ended without completion, basically. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And you, like could go, idea. you could go finish the level um, and, you know, potentially loot. So uh, you mean you would start from where they died? You would start from the beginning of the level. Okay. And, and you find their stuff. Yeah, you'd have to go find their stuff. Okay. Have you ever played or heard of Phantom Abyss? No, I haven't. Uh, it's basically a, a roguelike platformer, but it had kind of a similar idea. The seeds were all called temples. And um, basically... If someone completed a temple, that temple was closed and no one else could ever go to that seed again. Um, but until it was closed, it like it tells you you like see the ghosts of other players running. And so you can kind of watch where they went and even see how they died. So it kind of gives you hints as you go. That's um, really cool. <laughs> so that, that sounds a little similar to that. But I like the idea of like they're dropping their stuff. 
because then, like, in a particularly dangerous area, you see this huge pile of stuff. That's also, like, a warning to you. But it, it feels like, you but know, like a real dungeon too. crawl. Yeah, like in this, the yeah. scene in the movie, you enter the dungeon and there's all the skeletons, you know, and it's like, oh, what, what's going to happen? So it, it, it's mechanically and narratively interesting, which I always love when both of those happen at the same time. Yeah. I think the, what's the Returnal on PlayStation? Uh-huh. It's something similar, didn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, you could see dead That was players. a single player, but you could see, like, yeah. someone else's where they died. I don't know yeah, how it works. And, and you could, like, avenge them for a reward or something. Every so, once in a while, they'd come back, like, they'd pop up and fight you, wouldn't yeah, they? Like the yeah. zombie, I guess, or something of it? Yeah, I can't remember all the details, but, yeah, there was... If other people died in an area, you could not every time, but sometimes interact with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I like that a lot. And being able to get their stuff is a fun idea. I like that part the best. Do you think that using this idea defeats the uh, idea of being a roguelike? Would you would you be upset? No. no. I just think... The trick is is to make sure there's a risk to trying to loot someone's body. So, because if you just if you find it and you can just run up and take their stuff, that kind of defeats the purpose. I think I don't know. Because when I think of it, and you see something like like what Paul is saying, you know, something bad happened there. There's a trap. There's a big monster that's going to spawn. Whatever the case may be, and you got to deal with that. And you take the risk to get the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Then I think it's definitely plays into the roguelike idea perfectly. So I guess one way you can mitigate, like, let's say somebody gets really far in the game, and you're like, your party just started up the game, so you're you, you want to go into the level they just died in. I guess a way to mitigate them taking advantage of the guy who just went in who's been playing for the last two hours on this one run um, is to like maybe make like an experience system so that they can't put on all the higher level stuff that the other team has acquired. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that experience would reset when you die or when you restart the game or something that could be a potential way to, to curb that. What if you could just, if you try to take their stuff, it like revives them and you have to fight them to get their stuff. Problem is they, they may quit the game. They may disconnect. I don't know that. I have to mean like an actual game. player specifically, or like just like an enemy version that has its own AI. Oh, I see. Pops up and fights you. So you have to almost like in a, like in hollow Knight when you die <clears throat> and it leaves a shade, you have to go fight the shade to get your stuff back. Which was never difficult, but um, <laughs> it like took like three hits, and you just kind of bounce them off you. Anyway, in this one though, if it pops up and fights you, and you have to beat it, the like the shadow, whatever you want to call it, to get their stuff. If it has really good stuff, then theoretically they'd be really strong. But if you could do that without being without a lot of good loot, and you manage to take them out, that's a big risk. But then if you manage to do it, you get a lot of good stuff. True, that would be on me to create a good AI, though, and I don't know that I would be able to. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, I don't know how game development works. So, 
I mean, if it's just they have better stuff than you, then it doesn't really matter. The AI, well, I guess you could exploit it if the AI is bad. You just have to, right? Yeah, yeah, because if you could cheese it and then get all the really good stuff without putting too much effort into it, that kind of defeats the purpose. You're right. Good point. Yeah, I don't know. The scaling makes sense, though. Like, you can't pick this up. This is a level five item, or maybe just. Would you pick it up and save it it for later? Yeah, or like if you pick it up, it it changes to your level. But I actually like the save for later. That's an interesting idea. Like if you had an inventory, that could be that could play into the risk because if it takes up a inventory slot or something, then you take the risk of holding on to it that long until you can actually use it. This basically sounds like Tarkov at this point. Yeah. Which my, just, my problem with Tarkov is... I don't know what Tarkov what, is. Uh, Escape from Tarkov, it's like a tactical shooter. Uh, yeah. What do they call them? Extraction shooters? It's kind of a yeah. sub-genre that's growing oh, up. All right. my, my problem with that is you just keep going into levels and looting. Like, there is no end point of the game. Right. Like, uh, I would want mine to have an end point. Like, there's this boss at level 10... You have to fight once you get to level ten or something. What with whatever loot you have, um, you either win it or you lose it. And I would say the stuff that dies in there probably would disappear because I wouldn't want people like, all right, I got crappy gear. Let's all go to level ten and just loot as fast as you can. And then, uh, mm, yeah, I imagine a lot of people would die there. I just think you need some kind of trade-off. Could you do it where like the item has like a negative effect to using it along with the positive effect? You're saying for looting an item? Yeah. So if you loot it off someone else's play player or whatever it's you want to like call it. Corrupted it's yeah, like corrupted or something. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. How would you how would you decide that though? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Or, like, there's a chance that it, like, harms you instead of helps you when you pick it up. Or there's, along with that, a chance that you just pick it up and you can use it. No harm, no foul. Hmm. Be, yeah, for me, it'd be hard deciding what's, what's too much and what's too yeah. little. Because I, yeah. I want people to, to be encouraged to go loot other players' levels. Um, I feel like sure. that de-incentivizes the looting aspect. Because I want them to be more, more focused on the, the level itself. Mm-hmm. And then that's, a, that's an upside. of Because if they died there, that means something stronger than them killed them. <laughs> yeah. So, could you have whatever killed them guard their stuff? Or like have a special like boss for each level that guards like the the body that they have to fight before they're able to get it? And you so could... I... Oh god. No no so on that I was thinking that before they could actually bring that loot out, they had to defeat the level. Oh, okay. So, and the only way you can get, defeat the le- or beat the level is defeat the boss, the boss. Okay. and return to the portal or through the portal or whatever. 
So yeah, that works. Yeah. You guys aren't doing a great job of not convincing me of doing this. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it sound too fun. <laughs> Darn it. Okay. Uh, any other ideas on that or thoughts? Last thing I guess I'll say, last thing I could think of at least, is as long as it has a good risk-reward to it. To me, that's what roguelikes are all about, right? So if the, if looting was free, like, so I was, I was mentioning, like, once you get to level 10 or whatever, you're forced to fight the boss. But mm -hmm. if in between, like, levels, you got to see existing worlds, and you were able to play those as free worlds because what if um, you don't get great items during your run? You're able to look through these existing worlds for, mm -hmm. for like, I don't know, a price or something. Um, yeah, I could work that way too. That way you're not like only going to to the other worlds to loot other people's stuff but you have to kind of invest something in it and it'd just be some random world that somebody died in yeah that's a good idea how would you present enough information for them to feel like they're making a an informed decision about this is the world i want to go into to loot their stuff so i feel comfortable paying whatever price it is so i would try and keep it even with the level that they're at so what are the level of the players that died in that other world match them up with something similar to what they were okay yeah you know, maybe a plus or minus one or something so you know i'm on level six i'm about to go to seven um you know i could get a a, a loot world that's uh a seven, six, or five, or something. So it kind of gives like a. a okay, rate. and do you have to, would you have to play through that level then? Yeah, once you go into the loot level, you have to finish it. Okay, well, that helps. Yeah, that could work. Because then there's that risk of having to go actually play a whole nother level, especially if you're like you're on level six. So you go to someone else's level six, they get to level seven, then yeah, it's just a whole extra level you have to play through and risk. Right. I think that could work pretty well. I like that idea. Is there like a currency in the game then? Would you like pay money? I, I feel like with how, what we were just talking about, I would have to create that. You could do a, a... What's the... There's the doors in Binding of Isaac that hurt you when you walk through. You could do like a health toll... That's true. You could always do like a... You could sacrifice an item or something that you have. I don't know. Yeah, you, you can even make it like an option. So do you want to pay money to get into this loot world? Do you want to sacrifice some health? Do you want to sacrifice an item? And kind of gives you a choice. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That's, in, that's an interesting idea. I like that. Hmm. Uh, okay. This setup also lends itself back to Dark Souls to like letting people leave messages. 
like maybe <laughs> there's an item that if you're holding it when you die you get to type mm. like 40 characters or something <laughs> and then when people look at your loot they can see your message i think that I should have... just be a feature when you die you you leave your last you words to leave a message yeah <laughs> <laughs> avenge me <laughs> my stuff's not worth it <laughs> that, oh, oh man sorry i just think that especially if that's like when you go to pick okay this like I'm yeah from three different okay. worlds they could leave a message is that what you're gonna say yeah that's the same idea yeah <laughs> that's kind of fun because then you could have people like yeah this is really good i left some good stuff in there and then you go in there and it's just crap and you get trolled by them <laughs> that's actually really cool i like that i would almost say just almost pull that whole system from Dark Souls, though, and have specific phrases to build phrases from instead of having yeah. them type out. Otherwise, you will 100% get trolls like constantly. Yeah. You also get uh, words that don't want displayed in the game. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That too. That, that gets rid of that whole mess of problems. Jokes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but then you can get the dumb jokes that people create from just the sets of words and phrases you do provide, which is part of the fun, I think, like in Dark Souls. Yeah. Praise the sun. Praise the sun. <laughs> Could this be dog? And it's a turtle. And that's just a joke that everyone makes for some reason in Elden Ring. And if anyone yeah. still does that. Or the uh, illusory wall, but it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> or the jump here. Pressure blow and you jump and die. I like that idea. I mean, if I'm already building like this shared worlds, I would have to do it. like that's just like a core feature at that point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay, moving on to the next idea. Uh, and I'll try to do this one fast. Um, so currently, you do you guys have access to my Steam page? Or not Steam, Discord. <laughs> I do, yeah. Yes, I do as well. Um, or do I, am I able to share my screen on here? Yeah. Um, Just bottom left corner, right above your, your name. Gotcha. Here, I'll do this. So, um, you guys can see my screen now, right? Um, gotcha. So, um, the abilities are big source of inspiration from Avatar, right? Um, if you guys can see my the animation that's currently up. Yeah. So you can see, like, this is a, a poison column, basically. Um, and so the, the, the way the abilities work is uh, it's a pretty flexible system. Where I'm able, some abilities are able to be like point and click in a certain area. Some do like a generic, this goes all around me um, type of thing. Some of them are, you know, go in this direction from my player and shoot off that way. Mm -hmm. um, th there's just, uh, there's a huge amount of variability in how you can shoot off these abilities and projectiles. Um, for example, this one you can shoot in any direction. Um, it's very cool. Looks, looks very familiar to uh, 
avatar. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, a capability I was thinking, our mechanic, was sure I have this ability where you could shoot off in, uh, in this one, I shoot off five different waves, right? Or blasts, whatever they're called. What if there was a way that you got to choose the way you want to shoot your projectiles so you can like build strategies to the way you like to play? So if I like doing this like all around me kind of thing, um, I could build it that way. Or if I wanted to shoot off like tons of projectiles as uh, a wave, for example, I could do it that way. Um, I don't know that I've seen it done anywhere. Um, but I also don't know if that's too overpowered. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on something like that? If you have more questions, let me know. <laughs> uh, is the idea that, like, as you level up, you can choose what to, like... Like, you can choose one... Almost like a skill tree? Yeah, like, right now I just have standard water attack. But I can choose to either shoot it forward or point and click it somewhere, or is it just kind of like you can build it however you want before you start or during the game? Or yeah, so I was thinking the latter, where okay. you, if you want to shoot out in an X, go for it. Um, it obviously take more mana to do that, but um, I was like, well, why not? Why why not let the player choose like oh I want to choose one area right here and then two, and then three or something, but then I started thinking well, is there really that much need for that much customizability? Well, most people default to using just the same like I want to do it in a line, or I want to do it in like a cone. I mean. One of my biggest lessons I've learned from Tears of the Kingdom is Curtis and I do not play that game the same. <laughs> and Paul and I do not play that game the same. And everyone I talk to, like that has that game has so much customizability. And I learn like I play that game very differently than everyone else because there's something that someone else likes more. And so, I don't know. I feel like customization is like, it's a huge plus, and I think that only helps because, I don't know, some people like to do one thing one way, but then yeah, some people, some people just want to see numbers go up on a screen. And other people want to like feel like they're cheesing the game. Others want to like have the coolest looking animation going as much as possible. I don't know. I feel like you'll get more of an audience if you have more options. Sure. So digging into the Tears of the Kingdom, what what kind of differences do you see in your playstyles? I'm not much of a builder. And so I 
I don't know. I forget what was the big thing, Curtis, that you said that we were all shocked. I'm trying to remember. I guess was it how many, how much stuff I pick up? Yeah, you. That was the thing where we were like, "You're kind of a hoarder, Curtis," and you were like, yeah. "No, I'm not." I never had and then, less than three hundred arrows. Yeah, then you said you'd never yeah, had less I thought than that was normal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I also use my arrows a lot. Yeah. So it is interesting. And like, I I feel like I I wanted to. Like, I let myself get distracted, but I also was, like, playing the story. And so I was, yeah. I kind of mainlined it in a sense. It still was, like, a 75-hour playthrough, so how much of that is really mainlining it? But I, I've I, constantly been distracted. Yeah. That's <laughs> how I played that whole thing. I'm still distracted. I don't know. But, it, like, there were some days I played, and I was like, I do want to just fight a Lionel. Mm -hmm. But there were other times where all I wanted to do was find the fairies and I don't really mm -hmm. know. I don't know if see, that's I, helpful. I see the variability in your guys' play styles is more like Tears of the Kingdom is a really huge game. Yeah, right? that's fair. Yeah. Um, this is a, a fraction of a fraction of <laughs> that, yeah. That scope. Um, hey, it's it, also a different genre of it's a big open world adventure that, kind of thing true. too. And that's why I think the examples we were listing aren't useful, but I think the principle still stands that if you allow people to play differently, there will be people who use the functionality yeah i mean there's tons of videos of people building mechs and stuff to go fight monsters you know or just killing machines <laughs> they just drop in the middle of a monster camp and it just kills them all all that kind of stuff there's videos of people doing ridiculous fight stuff like on their own all the dodges and everything that you can do i like to <clears throat> get up high and then glide in and shoot like pick off as many as I can with arrows and whatnot. Like that's just in the combat alone, right? And then with all the fusing and stuff that they allow, you can fuse everything from monster horns to a piece of meat to an arrow if you want to shoot stuff. You can do whatever whatever the heck you want. Yeah. So if you play into that idea, I think that works. And I think people will find their preferred play styles and I think you'd have people playing like you have that one water ability where it's almost like a whip. Yeah. You can make that one like a fast-paced attack, so you could have people playing more of a, <clears throat> I don't know, just a fast-paced DPS type of thing, where you could have other one, other people having a big, almost. I go back to the Dark Souls of example. Someone's playing with a dagger and they're light on their feet, dodging around constantly, and then there's other people who just get big armor and big shields and big sword, and then they <laughs> slowly hit things. You know. That was me, by the way. Um, great way, great way to do it. And and I do so, think no matter what, you still have the the push and pull there of if you want to keep doing powerful attacks, you can't because they use more mana. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think there's still kind of like a balance to it all. 
How easy is it to like find new items and whatnot, though, or new weapons or abilities? So I was going to leave percent values. So there's a certain percent chance you'll get an item from any uh, monster that you defeat. And then there's a guaranteed item from the boss. Okay. I think the only thing with it being a roguelike game, I think the push-pull would be somewhere in committing to a certain type of build for that run is how that generally goes. I'm trying to think what it would be like if it was more open-ended where if I have like the water thing and then like halfway through, I'm like, I think this would be better. Is it easy to like convert to a different play style, a different weapon type in the middle of a run or if I'm more committed to it? Does that make sense? I think so. So you're saying like you get a new item and there's obviously still action happening around you. Do you need to customize your your play style in the middle of that? Is that kind of what you're saying? Kind of, yeah. Like in Hades, Paul can probably explain this better, but I remember in that game, there's the boons you get from the gods as you play, but like there's certain ones that, um, what's the word? work better with other ones there's a word for that synergize Synergize. yeah yeah so you want to go with those synergies and you're hoping to get those drops that synergize best with one another and then the farther you go you kind of end up getting locked into that because if some mother boon you get or whatever drops for you and you want to pick it up like oh wait that's not going to synergize with the build i'm going for so you don't get a kind of a thing you kind of lock into a specific play style for that specific run I don't know if you're trying, are you trying to like break that open more? Um, I'm not sure is the answer. <laughs> okay. First curious. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine what that would be like if it's more open-ended and you're like, you're going along in a run and you're like, oh wait, this isn't working. I'm going to switch to this play style like mid-run. Obviously, yeah. So all the items have like sub i think i'm calling it enhancements on them mm-hmm. and yet the enhancements do some positive thing to your ability or weapon so um yeah you kind of have to adjust your play style to those types of things and then i also added the ability to get uh if you guys have played slay the spire um mm-hmm. you have the those like permanent bonuses you can get i forget what they're called um, I, I basically added that as relics. well. Relics, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have relics, and then you also have your abilities and weapons with different, um, like, enhancements on them. So you kind of have to play to your tomes-ish. <laughs> but anyways, back to the original question. So... There's only going to be so much variability in the amount of uh, ways you can shoot out a projectile. D- does it justify creating a system that you could create any random combination? Hmm. 
you say range combination? Yeah, any just combination for that type of projectile. Uh, just from that initial pitch, I'm going to vote yes. Yeah. I don't know. You just, you, if you give, it sounds like that would just give players creative freedom to express, you know, their. Express projectiles. Express themselves. Yeah. I don't know. You know I what mean, I mean? Obviously. Yeah. Some are going to be way feet. more popular than others. Like cone and line are probably going to be super popular. Right. <laughs> but. You find a way to balance it, though. I think like people whip, will enjoy the whip thing if it's fast. You know, yeah. Having a fast where it doesn't do a lot of damage each hit, but you do a lot of hits at a time. There's a certain group of people who like that kind of thing. Okay. The line freaks. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that's all I have for you guys, uh, mechanics-wise. So I appreciate you guys uh, jumping on and talking to me. Yeah. Any other Is thoughts there, you don't have like a demo or anything for this stuff up on Steam or anything like that, do you? Not yet. Um, I do have to put down a, a whopping $100 to get a Steam page. So <laughs> Okay. I just have to do that. <laughs> But for sure, yeah, when I, I should have, I could have a demo out to you guys tomorrow if I wanted uh, to test this out. Well, how are, uh, do you still have your, uh, your releases on your Discord? Uh, for Bald Guys Assemble, um, yes. Um, like I said, I'm putting Bald Guys Assemble down while I figure out some mechanics and feature yeah. of it. Um, I am focusing Panda Running at the time, and I haven't been posting those yet. But uh, yeah, that one should be. I could have that one built and done tomorrow if anybody wants to try it out. Cool. It is pre pre alpha, so just be aware of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just keep us updated, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to, to try stuff out too. Yeah. Advertise in the Chance Time Discord as well. <laughs> uh, just real quick, have you guys seen that video on TikTok? Um, it's like the square hole guy. Um, he's like <laughs> with yeah. the the girl next to it. Yeah, like, yeah, this is a square. That's right. It goes in this square hole. <laughs> he's like a circle. Where's this one go? Yeah, that's right. In this square hole. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one. that was actually my coworker. And uh, I was like, hey. Really? Yeah. Um, he uh, he has like several hundred thousand followers on TikTok from that one video. Um, wow. That's hilarious. And I was like, hey, do you mind if I threw a bit of square hole like stuff into my game? Would you advertise it for me? He's like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I just got to put a square hole joke. <laughs> <laughs> Pandorania, pick it up. <laughs> April 20... What's next year? 24? Yeah, 24. Uh, we refer to it here as Backlog 4. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> I'll make time for Pandorania. 
I'll fit that in my backlog. 100%. Not even in the backlog. I'll just play it. I'll be right there with you. <laughs> well, can we have a Pandaronium launch party? Nothing would make me happier, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll provide you guys with keys. Oh, cool. <laughs> we can be a... We have to disclose that on the podcast. <laughs> you better believe I'll be buying the eight-player bundle, no matter if I get a key or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pass out to everybody. <laughs> That's how it works. It's a pyramid scheme. So you get a friend, your friend will get a friend, and then it just blows up and it's uh, Among Us all over again. Hey, I bought this game and I have exclusive rights to sell you the 16 player bundle. (laughs) And that'll give you rights to sell the 32 player bundle. Man, the bandwidth on that would be insane. Because <laughs> this doesn't have any dedicated servers. It's all uh, peer-to-peer. So it's a lot of uh, work to put on the host computer. <laughs> <laughs> People have good PCs and fiber internet now. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I think they call that vertical scaling instead of horizontal. <laughs> But anyways, that's cool. all I got for you. Well, it was great. I'm excited Exciting, yeah. for the future of Pandaronium. Do you have a studio name? Uh, it's still in the works. I'm currently thinking of Crid, Criddle Digital or Cridgital. I love <laughs> Cridgital. <Okay>. Cridgital. <laughs> Those are both good options. Thanks. I'm also open to names, so feel free to post that to your uh, your chance to oh, yeah. chat. <laughs> your what? No, let us know in the Discord what your name vote is. Oh, What's yes. The... Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I look forward to hearing the future of Criddle Digital or Crigital, whatever it is. I mean, you might as Keep well just posted. go with thanks for coming to see James. Thanks it's a bit hard to fit see studios. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming, coming to see James, James Studios. Thanks for coming to see games. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> well, anyways, I'm aiming for it. I think I'm aiming for an April release. I think that's doable. Nice. So, yeah, that sounds good. It's on my most antip- anticipated games of 2024 list. <laughs> then IGN's gonna pick you guys up, and then you guys. Are yeah. No one's even gonna play Hades too, because it's gonna have the same release uh, date. Yeah, it'll be overshadowed by Pandaronium. Cool. Well, yeah, keep us posted. Um, I think that's a good place to end. Um, if you <clears throat> have any other feedback or ideas on this whole discussion. You, the listener, I'm talking to you. Uh, I had to specify who I was talking to. Um, you can let us know in our Discord. Join it if you're not in it already. Um, the, the the link to join will be in the show description notes thing. Also, you can email us if you'd rather do that at chancelinepodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah. 
like and subscribe <laughs> like and subscribe and thanks for coming to see james he's so that's, cool that's me <laughs> wow a rare opportunity day. incredible what an honor what an honor the rumors were true <laughs> <laughs> Man, that pause is so long. That's <laughs> so good, though. Worth it. All right, should I press stop now? Probably. <laughs> All right. Bye. I'm doing it. Bye.